0: Thank you for joining us for the podcast ministry of Pastor Travis Smith and Brookfield Church, located in Wilmington, North Carolina. To learn more, visit us online at brookfieldchurch.life and connect with us on all social media platforms. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I want to teach a message titled Surviving the Stretch, and I'm going to read out of Exodus chapter 33. You know, for a lot of us, this has been a tough season. And for many, it's been a stretching season. If you've been through a stretching season, you know what I'm talking about. It's where things are uncomfortable. You feel like you don't have the capacity, the talent, the gifting, the ability to continue on like you are. But the reality is that if you are in God and you trust in Him and He is ordering your steps, He's given you everything that you need, every available resource to be able to step into what he has for you. But sometimes we have to be stretched in order to be able to obtain everything that God has for us. So I want to read from a very familiar story in Exodus chapter 33 today. And this is after Moses had gone up several times. I believe this is actually the eighth ascent up the mountain for Moses. And, you know, he had already received the Ten Commandments. They had built the golden calf. The people were going crazy. Carnality was just running rampant. And I can't imagine as a leader, What Moses was feeling, what he was thinking, the frustration, the anxiety, trying to deal with the frustrations of the people, but also trying to be obedient to God. Many of you that are in leadership and management, even in your own homes, when you're trying to lead your kids, it can be very tough sometimes to find that fine line between dealing with the very natural and real issues of life and of people but also finding that place of obedience in God. And so I want to read, beginning at verse 12 in Exodus chapter 33, as we talk about surviving the stretch. And it says, Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. You know, one-time favor is good, but lifetime favor is better. Moses is saying, God, hey, listen, you, you're you telling me that I, I needed to do this and I needed to do that. And you said that you know me by name. You said that I found favor with you. So teach me, God, if, if that's the case, teach me what I have done so that I can stay in your favor. See, it's one thing to stumble into luck or into one-time favor, but it's something completely different to learn how to live in favor to stay in the favor of God. Not that I advocate for this at all, but you know, you could go down to your local convenience store today and you could purchase a scratch-off ticket or a powerball ticket and you know, you may stumble into some one-time luck or favor. But it's another thing to Learn the principles of investing and how to make your income and your resources work for you to provide even more resources. It's the same way spiritually. You know, we can do things right for a few days or a few weeks or even a few months, or for some of us, several years, but the reality is that when we hide the word of God in our heart, it says that we, we we hide his word in our heart that we might not sin against him, and we begin to learn his voice, we begin to learn his ways, and when we discipline ourselves and we learn the ways of the Father, we begin to walk in that supernatural favor. You know, in the church world, we love to use the word blessing. We use it so much that it's almost lost its luster, its, its meaning. But when you actually ask God for his blessing, or when you begin to pronounce a blessing 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 on someone else. What you're actually asking for, what that word actually means, is supernatural favor. So when you ask for God's blessing on your life, on your home, on your family, or you try to bless someone else, what you're really doing is you're asking God for the supernatural favor of heaven to be on them. And so it's so powerful to me that Moses was wise enough here to say, God, you just said that I have found favor in you. Well, if that's correct, if you really are pleased with me, Teach me your ways. He didn't assume that he just knew it all. He didn't assume that he had arrived, but he humbled himself and said, God, if if that's true, then teach me. Teach me so that I can continue to find favor with you, to stay in favor with you. Then in verse 14, the Lord replies, he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Is there anyone else out there that you could use some real rest right now? I know I could. Life can be tough. It can be difficult trying to make ends meet, trying to lead your family, trying to be a a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter. It can be very difficult and even become weary sometimes. I think one of the biggest lies that we've told people in the church world is that God will never put more on us than we can bear. You know, that's really not in the Bible. But what it does say is that he will not put any temptation on us that we're not able to withstand, where he won't make a way of escape. I want to tell you today that there's real rest in the glory of God. There's real rest in the presence of God. There's real rest in the ways of God. And if you need rest today, it comes from having the discipline to hide his word in your heart, to spend time in prayer, to fast. That's where our true rest comes from. Then in verse 15, Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? You know, in a culture of carnality, I want to know, even in the body of Christ, what is distinguishing you from everyone else on earth? What distinguishes you and I from even other church people during an extremely carnal time that we're in? You know, carnality is not just running rampant in the world and in our nation. It's also running rampant in the church. We want to satisfy our flesh with the things that we watch, the things we listen to, the way we speak, our attitudes, while at the same time wanting the blessing of God on our life. But many of us have not really stopped to do what Moses has done and said, hey, God, what can I do? Teach me your ways so that I can find favor in you. Is there anything that's distinguishing you from everyone else around you? Is there anything that's distinguishing you from everyone else in the so-called church world? Can people look at you and tell that there's favor on your life? Can people look at you and listen to you and watch the way that you carry and conduct yourself and tell that you have spent time with the Lord? Then in verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked. Because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. And then Moses said, now show me your glory. Moses asks a bold thing of God. This is just an incredibly bold prayer that Moses prays here. You know, sometimes I think that we pray too small of prayers. I've learned that in the season that I've been in, that my prayers have been way too small all of my life. And it's just been in the last year to year and a half that God has really begun to deal with me about how big he really is and how small I really viewed him. I began just expanding my prayers, expanding my belief. And there's not been one time yet where God has not yet to meet me where I needed him. There's not been one prayer that I have prayed where God has not supernaturally showed up and provided and just opened doors and opened opportunities and uh, just brought resources to our ministry that just out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere, He has just supernaturally blessed our lives and our ministry. See, we serve a big God, and I believe he's looking for people in this season who have the faith, the boldness, the audacity to believe him for bold, big things. You know, there was another man who prayed a big, bold prayer. It's a very simple prayer. It's a man that we know very little about. We hear nothing about him before this scripture, and we hear nothing about him again after this scripture. It's in the book of first chronicles. And you know, they're literally just reading all these names of Israelite descendants, and it's nothing but names for three and a half chapters, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, after writing mainly just names for three and a half chapters, the writer says, Hey, I gotta stop here for a second because there's something you need to know about this man named Jabez. You know, when God interrupts something, it's usually for a significant purpose. There's nothing before this verse about Jabez. There's nothing after this verse about him. But there's something so significant about this man, his prayer and what God did for him, that it caused an interruption in the scripture. In 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh God, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. When was the last time that you asked God to do something that bold for you? You see, many people think that it's selfish to ask God for big things, but why? The Bible says that he owns the cattle on a, a thousand hills. I, sometimes when I use that scripture, I like to kind of modernize it for the culture we live in and say that he owns the Cadillacs on a thousand lots. In other words, God owns it all. He, he owns it all. Everything, the, the earth is his and the fullness thereof. Now, I do think we should use wisdom, but I can't help but wonder how much God desires for us to approach him with the faith of a child. You know, I love being a dad and when my son was really small, he had a certain way of asking for things, especially things that he thought were big things to him. When he wanted something that he wasn't sure if he could really have, he wouldn't just come out and say, Daddy, I I want that. Daddy, can I have that? He would say, Daddy, I think I can have And fill in the blank. Daddy, I think I can have that action figure. Daddy, I think I can have that snack. Daddy, I think I can get that game. And I loved it when he did this for several reasons. You know, first, the innocence in which that he said it, it was so captivating to my heart. Even if it wasn't something that was within my power to do, it made me want to figure out a way to give it to him because of the innocence that he approached me with. And it was also the wording. you know. He didn't come to me saying, Daddy, you better give me this. Daddy, I want this right now. See, this was his way of asking me for it. And sometimes I had to say no. And when I did say no, he wouldn't question me on it. He would trust that I had a reason. He really was very good about that as a very young child. But what I loved about this more than anything is that when he would approach me and ask me, Daddy, I think I can have. He was believing that whatever he was asking me for was within the parameters and the ability that I would have to give him. In other words, it was limitless what his dad could provide for him. It was limitless what his dad could give him if I saw fit. And I can't help but wonder how much more will God give us if we would just approach him that way? You know, Matthew chapter 7. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Our prayers are too small sometimes. And I believe that God is looking for people who have the faith and the boldness and the audacity to believe that it's within his power to do great things for us. You know, there are times that we have to tell our kids no. God, sometimes he tells us no. But when God tells us no... It's usually because we're not ready or capable of handling what we're asking him for. I'll never forget that there was one time my son, he was about five, six years old, and he wanted a bow and arrow. And we were in Walmart one night, and and he saw one, I mean, a real one, not a toy one, but a real one. And he saw one, and he said, Daddy, I think I can have that bow and arrow. I said, no, buddy, you're too little for that. And he went on about his day and didn't think anything else of it. But so many times in life, we get frustrated when we we want something so bad, but for whatever reason, that door doesn't open and God doesn't answer that prayer and doesn't provide things that we're asking for, exactly what we're asking for, exactly when we're asking for it. But that's where the stretching season comes in, because sometimes it's not that God does not want us to have it, but it's that we're not ready to handle it or we're not capable of handling it yet. But if we'll allow him to take us through a stretching season, it can prepare us for what's to come. So, what made Jabez in this prayer so special? Well, let's break it down. Verse 9 says that he was more honorable than his brothers. You know, in a world full of dishonor, I think one of the biggest things that we can do to set us apart, remember a few minutes ago, we asked that question, what distinguishes us? What sets you apart from everyone else? And I firmly believe that one of the biggest things that we can do in our current culture today to set ourselves apart and to be different is to show honor again. We live in a world, in a culture, in a nation that is so full of dishonor. And I believe that if we learn to be a a people that seek to restore honor once again, that it will distinguish us from everyone else. We need honor for our teachers again, honor for our officers, our pastors, our coaches, honor for those over us, honor for those who can't do anything for us, honor for our mothers, our fathers, for our spouses, for our children. We need to become people of honor again. Verse 9 says that his mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. You know, Jabez's name literally means pain. She likely had a difficult time birthing him. He's probably a big baby. Can you imagine having to go through elementary, middle, and high school with the name pain? Can you imagine the teasing that would have caused? And you know, back in Jabez's time, names were very important. Often your name really would, would dictate what your future held for you. So he was probably bullied and teased as a child. But what I love about this prayer is that he refused to let his past and past labels define him. He refused to be defined by what he was birthed in. You see, Jabez didn't pray, God change my name. He didn't make excuses for his past, but instead of being defined by his past in his name, he chose to ask God to prepare him for his future. He refused to let his past determine his future. He refused to let what everyone else called him up to this point determine the destiny that he would walk in. So stop letting your past mistakes determine your future favor. In verse 10, Jabez cries out, he says, O God of Israel, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. You know... I've heard this preached a lot as as I've grown up in church and man, it makes for some great preaching material and I believe it. You know, we preach enlarge our territory, God, give us more, trust us with more. And at first glance, the idea of enlarging our territory sounds like a great thing until we really consider what that means. You see, more land means more mowing. More grass means more watering, more fertilizing, more maintenance, more work. The Bible says that to whom much is given, much is required. And we're quick in the church world to ask God for the blessing, to ask him for the favor, to ask him to enlarge our territory until we actually learn what that means. You see, we want to see God in the fire, but we don't want to be thrown in the furnace. We want to believe that God can shut the mouths of lions, but we don't want to be thrown in the den. We want the favor of God that we dreamt about, but we don't want to be betrayed by those who can't handle the favor and calling on our life. We want the healing, but we don't want to press through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment. That's why Moses said, teach me your ways, O God, that I might continue to find favor in you. See, that's where the stretching comes in. Because a lot of times, the things that we want in our life and the things that we want to see God do, the miracles we want Him to perform and the the blessings that we want Him to bestow on our life and on our family, on our home, many times we're not ready to handle what we're asking Him for. And that's why God sometimes will allow us to go through seasons that stretch us to prepare us. What if everything that you've been praying for, fasting for, believing for, what if it was about to come to pass? Would you be able to handle it right now? I mean, really think about that. Think about everything that you've been praying for, everything that you've been asking God for. If he actually were to give you everything that you wanted and everything that you asked for, are you really mature enough to handle it right now? Are you really prepared for what your answered prayers might bring your way. Again, back to Exodus 33, 17 and 18. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you've asked, because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. And then Moses said, now show me your glory. Moses asks to see God's glory. Let's put that in perspective here. What he's really asking for this is something that would literally kill a human because we couldn't withstand the physical glory of god with our own eyes but moses is bold enough to ask god for it anyway and here's what happens you go down to exodus chapter 34 the lord says to moses chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones and i will write on them the words that were on the first tablets which you broke Be ready in the morning, then come up to Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. No one is to come with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Not even the flocks and herds may graze in front of the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. In other words, Moses didn't just ask God for something big, but he made preparations. Moses asked to see God's glory. Oftentimes, we're guilty of this. We want to ask God for something big, something bold, but we just want God to just do it. We treat him like he's our genie in a lamp. But what we have to understand is, Oftentimes, to get what we're believing God for, we have to make preparations. We have a part, just as much of a part in our miracle, in our answered prayer as God does. You see, Moses had to do a lot for God to be able to bless him and, and, and to show him his glory. He had to make preparations. They literally had to reroute the animals so that the animals didn't cross where God told them not to graze. Preparations had to be made on so many strategic levels for Moses to be able to get what he asked God for. How often are we guilty of asking God for something that we have not prepared for? Moses asked, then he prepared, and then look at what God did. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. God desires to do good things for his children, but we have to live honorably. We have to love what God loves. We have to hate what God hates. We have to learn to see people in situations the way that God sees them. We have to have faith. We have to be willing to ask God for things that we don't have the means to provide for ourselves. And we have to be careful that we don't curse the seasons that we're in, especially the tough seasons. Because those could be the very seasons, the very catalysts that God is choosing to use to prepare us for our greatest blessing. You see, when we ask for God's blessing the way that Jabez did, we're not asking for more of what we're able to give ourselves within our own means. But we're sincerely asking for the kind of good things that only God has the power to give us. That's why the Bible says that the Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth proverbs ten twenty two and when our hearts are pure, there's nothing that we should be afraid to ask God for. Jabez was honorable enough, bold enough to ask God to do a big thing, and God granted his request. So how do we prepare for what God truly desires to do for in and through us? Well, it's simple. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want to end going back to Exodus 33, verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, No, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And I love this right here. Verse 20. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on. Can I tell you today that there's a place where you can stand? I know life may be tough. Maybe you're facing one of the toughest seasons that you've ever felt. But I wanna tell you today that there's a rock that you can stand on. There's a firm foundation. There's a ground that you can stand on when everything else is sinking sand. There's a truth that you can hold on to when everyone else is following a lie. There's a hope that you can have when everyone else around you is plagued by fear. There's a place near him where you can stand today on a rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ. What if the first half of this year was preparation for the season that God's about to take you to in the last half? What if The glory of God coming in this next year was so strong. The blessing was so large that the anointing was so deep that this year's you couldn't withstand next year's you. What if God decided to use this season to stretch you so that next season he could release you? I believe some of you are about to dream again. Some of you are about to prophesy again. Some of you are about to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Some of you are about to be released into places of influence and leadership in your community. Some of you have been pregnant with purpose and where you were before couldn't handle what God wants to birth in you now. But you cannot have a birthing season without a stretching season. Some of you are pregnant with purpose, but you're uncomfortable in the stretching. So don't lose heart. Stand on the rock that is Jesus Christ. And I promise you that you will find favor in the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us for today's broadcast. If you are interested in hearing more of Pastor Travis's sermons or teaching, please visit us online at brookfieldchurch.life. You can also connect with us on social media platforms. If you have a specific request we can help you pray for, please feel free to contact us by emailing contact at brookfieldchurch.life. Have a blessed day.